Hello, and welcome to the Keep Going Podcast with Bishop S.Y. Younger. We invite you to share and subscribe. Be sure to follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 through verse 17. We have a little lesson and we'll go home. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Master, what are we going to do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes. He opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can maybe seat it. Share this message with with the person beside you because they need to know it. They may not know this. But tell them your perception is under attack. Your perception is under attack. Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 speaks of the Antichrist. His assignment and his posture in the latter day. The Bible says he will speak against the most high. But he will also cast his hands to wear out the saints. Why are you so tired? I'm going to go to bed early tonight, but how is it that you can go to bed early and still wake up tired? You got 300, uh, 1,000 count sheets on your bed and comforters protein shakes, energy drinks, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, and still tired. Because the truth is, we are under attack. We're under consistent attack. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds. The strongholds ain't in your back. It ain't in your legs. Strongholds ain't in your shoulder. Strongholds affect your mind. Hmm. Because if you can ever start thinking different, you'll start living different. I need you to tell your neighbor deliverance is coming. Tell them drugs is not your issue. Come on, tell them. Fornication is not your issue. Food is not your issue. The issue is in your 
mind. I need somebody to scream, I'm getting my mind back. I'm getting my mind. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Christ, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, 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 and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing He's after your mind. He's after your mind. He don't mind you working on your body as long as your mind is off. He don't mind you being spiritual and doing church antics as long as you don't ever get delivered in your mind. Because he knows once God seats on the, on the throne of your emotions and your mind, you're going to start operating in a different way. You're under attack. And we're under consistent attack. And what's being attacked is our perception. Because our perception affects our mobility. It affects our mobility. If someone has a stroke, it affects how they move, right? But the challenge is, I remember, I remember praying for a stroke patient one time. that could not walk and I was laying hands on her legs and I was speaking that God would heal her legs. Lord, heal her legs. Lord, heal her legs. I was praying and travailing. And I, got, and I was leaving church. And I was on my way up the road. And the Lord just dropped it in my spirit. Says, you were praying for her legs. The issue is not with her legs. The stroke affects the mind. And it sends signals. See, some of you, you don't have a problem walking. You don't have a problem moving. You have a problem thinking you can. Some of us never live differently because we don't think we can. Because if you don't think you can, the sad thing is that it will be true. Because the way you think will definitely affect your mobility. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I changed my mind. That's what repentance means. See, we always want to modify our behavior. Oh, I got to stop smoking. Oh, I got to stop drinking. Oh, I got to stop having sex. Oh, God. And we so affect, we're so focused on what we need to stop until we start idolizing our own sin. We start focusing more on our sin than we do our Savior. Oh, I got to stop. I got to stop. No, repentance is not behavior modification. Repentance starts with the way you think about sin. I need you to think about the thing that you feel like you can't stop and the thing you feel like you can't be free from and shout, I changed my mind. Because if you don't think you can, you can't. But repentance is, I changed my mind about sin. I changed my mind about what I've been doing. See, the reason why some of us are still doing it because we haven't made up our mind about it. Some of us don't want an answer. Hallelujah. Especially if the answer includes us. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Let me unpack that because some of y'all, I don't know if you got it. We come to the altar and say, God, take it. And God says, I'm giving you the ability to release it. We saying, God, change it. And he says, I won't change what I put in you, the strip to change for yourself. We don't want a solution that includes an action from us. 
Hallelujah. I got to lose this weight. I got to lose this weight. Now, maybe you just can't cut the weight off of you, but you can make a decision about what you put in your grocery basket. Hey, come on, somebody. Because what happens is many of us, I was sharing this with somebody yesterday. Many of us have physical memory. We have emotional memory. So there's some things we don't have to do, but we do it because we've always done it. We respond to it by default because it's the way we've always responded. As a matter of fact, have you ever been in the vicinity of your job on a day off and then you found yourself driving to your job even though it's a day you don't have to go in? And some of us are just like that with sin and certain issues in our lives. We're free from it. We don't have to check into it no more. But because we've always went there, we end up going there by default. Why? Because your perception is under attack. It affects your mobility. Your perception affects your identity. It shapes how you see yourself. You know what it says in, in the book of Numbers chapter 13 verse 33 I believe it is. It says, two of the spies, a ten of the spies came back and said, hey, it's giants over there. You know, the promised land, giants. Oh, y'all talking about, it's giants. Y'all want us to go over there and conquer? It's giants. And you know what we look like to them? We look like grasshoppers to them. No, 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 no. You look like grasshoppers to you. You didn't interview the giants. See, your perception has caused you to create conversations about you that ain't never been had. Your perception causes you to walk into rooms with insecurity and create enemies that you don't even have. Your perception is under attack. You have been defeated before you went to the interview. You've been defeated before you went in the room. And now you feel like the nobody, you think nobody likes you. Now nobody does because you have self-fulfilling prophecy. Can you start acting a certain way based upon the way you think? Now it causes people to stay away from you. Tell your neighbor, your perception is under attack. You talking to me about how you don't have any, anybody in your life You don't have no support You're talking to me that you have nobody in your life And nobody supports you You're telling me how nobody listens to you And nobody has time for you You're telling me So who am I then? What am I doing? See, you see that's, that's when the enemy attacks your perception You'll be in front of your help You'll be in front of your lifesaver. You'll be in front of your, my God, and still be drowning in water you can stand in. I never get, we went to a Smith Mountain Lake, and Alicia has always been afraid of water and never wanted to go near water. I just really wanted her to enjoy it. And uh, we were near one of the little islands up there that has some shallow water around it where the men, we go for our men's retreat. And I said, come on, Alicia. We'll put on a life jacket on her. And um, we're in the water, and she just started screaming. I mean, 
she started screaming, she started kicking, she started going off. And uh, anybody know her? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a life coach <laughs> from Gratna. So I said, I said, girl, now, come on now. See, y'all want somebody always to join your, your toxicity and your dysfunction. And because your perception is off, every time somebody challenges you, you look at them becoming your enemy. Every time you're corrected, oh my goodness. See, some stuff that y'all call church hurt was really correction. Y'all called it church hurt, it was called accountability. And if we didn't say nothing, then you would say, did nobody care about me? Then we say something, you say, we judging you. It's all about your perception. I said, Alicia, stand up. Because the water you thought was you were drowning in, you can actually stand in it. And see, when your perception goes under attack, you got to have a conversation with yourself. Can't you feel it when it's under attack? Can you feel when your mind is beginning to magnify your enemy? You got to have a conversation with yourself. One time we were on a bus trip, and uh, the church was on a bus trip. We were going somewhere, and all of a sudden, Waukesha had somebody's baby in the back of the bus, and she changed the diaper. Now, the, church, the, the, the bus had two trash cans, one in the front and one in the back. Sister uh, Waukesha took the dirty diaper and walked to the front of the bus and put it in the trash can in the front. But Mother Younger was sitting on the front row. Mother Younger says, I know you didn't bring that diaper all the way up here and put it in the trash can. Waukesha didn't say anything and then grabbed the diaper and went to the back of the bus and sat down. And then like 30 seconds later, she says, thank you for correction, Mother Younger. Mama said, you're welcome. Sometimes it takes a moment for you to calculate what it was before you open up your mouth in dishonor to what God is using to challenge you. Tell your neighbor, think about it, think about it. It may not be that somebody's trying to control you. It may be that someone is trying to help you. Your perception is under attack. And it's not by the people who love you. It's by the enemy that wants you to mislabel. I don't know why God got, this is not what I planned to preach. But it's, it, this is, it will cause you to mislabel the people around you. It will cause you to call your friends your enemy and your enemies your friends. And you'll start pulling away from sound counsel. You'll start pulling away from sober voices. You'll start pulling away from the help that you ask God to send. Your perception it affects your mobility shapes your identity but what causes us to have the perception that we have our past our past now we're talking about the children of Israel saying hold on we look like grasshoppers but you have to realize 400 years of bondage 400 years of bondage will start communicating to you your your value and if you've been in bondage so long, you have to reprogram your mind. Hello. Somebody scream, I'm not a slave anymore. Ain't that something? You're not a slave anymore, but your diet is still the diet of slaves. 
Isn't it something after African Americans were in slavery for so many years in this country, now we have a whole cuisine that's connected to the bondage where we ate what we had to eat, now we choose to eat it. Did y'all hear what I said? Now we choose, oh my goodness. Oh, why? Because it has not programmed in our minds yet, my God. Instead of changing our diet, we just added flavor to it. Y'all not saying, but God told me to tell you, I got something better for you. I got something. Been a slave so long that now you got what you prayed for, but you're still operating in your old mindset. You got the job. So you got, so see, many of you thought it was, if I could just get that job, if I could just get in a relationship, because everybody got somebody, if I could just get in a relationship, if I could just get that car, if I could just make more money, you ain't got no money issue. Not in this country. You ain't got no money issue. Not in this country. I don't know, some of y'all may get a little offended with me when I say this in here. And if you get offended, it's because your perception is off. Because you like, you like uh, finding your value and being the underdog. See, y'all got to be careful how y'all talk about people who are succeeding. Because instead of being jealous of them, you ought to find out how they did it. You got to be careful about being anti-establishment because at some point you want to be established and you're going to become the establishment. Y'all not saying that to me in here. There are no broke people among me. I said there are no broke people among me. Through the whole pandemic, we fed over 7,000 meals in our city. And not one meal went to a church member. There are no broke people among us. Some of us in this room live in seven bedroom houses and some live in one bedroom apartments and we still not broke. Some people in here got a 20 year old car and some people in this room got a car they drove off the lot and we still not broke. Some people in this room got $50 in their account. There's somebody in this room got $500,000 in their account. And nobody is broke among us because it's their your perception. We all eat. We all drive. We all live. We all got a roof over our head. I may not have what you have. But still, there's no lack. I have everything I need. Come on, say it. I have everything I need. Come on, say I have everything I need. See, some of you, it's hard for you to say it because I, mean, I ain't got, I ain't got, I ain't. No, I have everything I need. And what I don't have, it's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. I was having a conversation with my mama not too long ago. I was saying, our family struggles so long. Do we have to be careful that we take poverty out of our language? It's your perception. Because what is wealth? If you consider wealth as how much money you have, you'll never have enough. This is what I told God, and some of y'all can't handle this. I told God, I ain't never got to see the money. 
Ain't never, as a matter of fact, some of y'all, that's hard for you to say that, but as a matter of fact, I ain't never seen all my money. I got an app that tells me how much money in my account. I ain't never seen it. But when I need it, I draw from it. I'm looking at some property right now and I almost opened up my mouth and said, I ain't got the money for it, but the devil is a liar. When it's time for it, I withdraw it. It's all about your perception. It's all about your perception. We ain't number, we ain't number grasshoppers. We look just like grasshoppers. Bondage detail. Uh, you know what? And you know what helps shape your perception about things around you? Your fear. Your fear. I got uh, two of my aunts here. I'm going to talk about one of them that ain't here. One of my aunts, she's uh, all, all my life, she's always been a little uh, careful, concerned, almost a little scary. <laughs> Aunt Joyce, not y'all. All right. <laughs> I never forget, I told my family, I said, we're going to. Uh, go up to the lake for Thanksgiving one year instead of because our houses were, the family was getting bigger and it was hard for us all to get in one house. And my aunt told me, says, I don't know about that. I said, watch, daddy may get over there and get lost in the woods. The kids may run down there in the water and drown and <laughs> where you getting ready to go? I'm I'm going overseas. You better be careful. Things has happened over there. People can kill them. <laughs> I know you're watching on Joyce. <laughs> but something has shaped that. Trauma. See, trauma is when it's affecting you, but it's not even here anymore. See, my mother did something for me that's a plus and a negative. She always made us watch the news. Now I have to take times of fasting from watching the news. Because the news will start shaping your perception of the world. And it depends on which outlet you watch. It'll start shaping your ideologies. If you start, if you start letting Fox feed you every day, all day, all of us need a gun. And the problem is the Democrat next door. If you let CNN feed you all day, Christians are the problem with the world. You got to pull away and keep your ears to the word of God. Because if you let the news tell you, we all losing. We don't know what we going to do. And the church people start taking on that mindset. I'm going to say something in this room and I need 50 people to match me if you believe it. No matter how high gas prices go, I still will drive. Don't come around me talking about these gas prices, these gas prices, these gas prices. There's somebody in the middle of a pandemic still closing on properties. There's some people still opening up making profits and dividends. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm not counting liabilities. I'm counting assets. All about your perception. If we go up there to the lake, the kids could drown. And, and this is what I told my family. I said, y'all talking about the kids can drown in the water. But when I go up to the lake, I see small kids 
driving jet skis. So instead of us talking about they can drown, let's change our perception. They can swim. And, we, and, and if, I, if we shift our perception, all of it may not come up out of us because it took generations for it to get in us. But maybe we'll set up the next generation for a quicker victory. I need a praise here. I need a praise. I'm changing my, because my perception, my perception has been under attack. Fear. I'm going to tell you, here I am. Everybody know my story about anxiety, and I talked about how I struggle with anxiety. Such a contradiction. No, really, it's such a contradiction. Because if somebody come in this room possessed with demons, I sniff out a demon. Even when people be shouting, and some of the, see, some, some people shout, demons are getting in the midst of the dance. To try to blend in. I see you. You got to watch as well as praise. Come on. So people, I sniff out a demon. If you, tell, if you come up here and tell me you have cancer in your body, I won't flinch. I look at that, your body. Leo, come out of there, you spirit of infirmity. But there were moments, and if you gave me a plane ticket in my hand, I would shake and shatter. And the night before, I could not sleep. Isn't that such a contradiction? Now, I'm putting mine on the platform, but don't you got those contradictions? Don't you have those things, Lord, I believe, but that's a part of me that suffers with unbelief? There's one part of me, I'm so strong, and then there's another part of me that I'm so weak. And some kind of way, God's glory is made manifest in that. See, we think God's glory is manifest in how strong we are. No, your deficiencies, your limitations, where you're weak, God says, okay, now I'm going to show myself. Ha! So I've been testifying how I've conquered the spirit of anxiety when it comes to flying. I'm flying every week. And I've conquered it. And a part of my conquering it is that even when symptoms come back up, I still do it. I hope I set somebody free just now. See, you thought deliverance means I no longer have a temptation, I no longer have a desire, and it never tries to come back. No, no, no. Deliverance means when it shows its head, I make a decision to walk in my deliverance. It's all about your perception. So when those feelings come up, I'm still packing my bags. Oh, no, I'm going. I got an assignment. Oh, the plane is jumping today. It's all right. I'm still going. Holding on to the side of the seat sometime. But I'm going. I get to Brazil. They say, we got a surprise for you. We just got this surprise for you. I said, okay, what is it? We can't tell you. I said, I don't like that. These Brazilian jokers. Oh, I got a Brazilian with me today. Pastor Senor Desculpa. <laughs> we, they take me to a runway. And this little small helicopter. They didn't got my name put on the helicopter. And I'm from a small town. And word has gotten from Facebook pictures from my small town. They've been calling my uncle and my family members. Said, you know, Shantae got him a, a jet now. <laughs> all of Gretna know. All of Gretna. All of Gretna been talking. Shantae. See, when people say my name, Shantae, they mean they know from where I'm from. Shantae got him a, Shantae got him a whole jet. I was in a helicopter, but you know, by the time he get back around, he got three jets, you know. 
to the point somebody called my mama and said, said uh, hey, Diane, uh, some people called me and said, Shante got him a jet. Mama said, it's on the way, it's on the way. It's all about your perception. That was either just a, an adventure and a ride or it was a preview. All about your perception. It's, a, it's all about your perception. Y'all worship y'all's preacher. No, no. We honor our preacher. It's all about your perception. Now, now, see, see, some of y'all make more noise and celebrate people who are celebrities who will never come by your hospital bed. And people think nothing wrong with that. You will wear their clothes. You will put on their logos. No, I honor what's in my man of God because when I'm attached to him, whatever God does for him, hey, glory be to God, he's doing it for us. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm not jealous of y'all. She said, come on, tell him, do what you need to do. Take what God has for you. So they put me in a helicopter and took me over the city. Now, while I'm up there, I, was, I, had, a little, I had a little attitude because I'm like, why are they doing this? This ain't for me. I don't want to ride no helicopter. And the man was telling me, he says, look over on this side of the city. Look on this side of the city. Sao Paulo is one of the largest cities in the world. Look over on this side of the city. And while he's talking, I'm like, get me out of here. Because my anxiety was causing me to miss the beauty of the moment. And then finally I got still and I looked over the city. And he said, that's the north end of the city. That's the south end of the city. He said, see, the city's in the shape of a cross. That's the east side of the city. That's the west side of the city. That's Paulista Avenue. This is the historical downtown. This is Marumbi, the, the, the business district. He said, and I said, oh my goodness, God got me over top of the city. I haven't been able to walk the whole city, but now I can stand over top of the city. And speak over the city and shout, Sao Paulo, I claim you for the kingdom. Sao Paulo, Brazil, I claim you for Jesus. It's all about your perception. Either God is punishing you or he's preserving you. It's either he's punishing you or preparing you. It's all about your perception. I, I've, I've gone over my time. Thank y'all so much. Clap your hands and give God a praise. People stay close to a, pro, a, pro, a prophetic voice because people realize that prosperity is in the mouth of a prophet. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20 said if you believe God you'll be established but if you believe his prophets so shall you prosper. Tell your neighbor prosperity is in the mouth of the prophet. Prosperity is in the mouth of the prophet. That means you stay close to a voice that's speaking to the future. You need to be around prophetic people. Stop being around people who all they want to talk about is the past. Some of you, if you let it be told, the best days are really behind you. See, back in the day, see, back in the day, so back in the day, and I'm thankful for back in the day, but I still believe that the best pandemic and all 
challenges and all, trouble and all, the best is still yet to come. When I was watching the news about everything that was happening in America, my spirit got so heavy. A heaviness came on me. I got on my knees and I began to cry. I began to pray. I said, Lord, the nation, the nation, the people, the people. And then I thought about it. Oh, he says, look up. When you see these things, look up for your redemption. I wish I had a church here. Draw it nigh. Don't you know these are the signs that we're coming to the telos and the culmination of our faith that he that will come shall come and will not tarry. It's all about your perception. They were so much, it was so many young men around the prophet that they says the place we're in. This was the first sermon I preached uh, at the ramp in 2005. This place is too small for us. And the Bible says, the, the young man says, prophet, we, we need to go somewhere because this place is too tight. We need to get in a, an expanded place. And these were people who were a part of the school of prophets. But a part of them prophesying was to know how to build. See, all of these people who got words but don't serve. God always telling you, but God is never telling you to do. Always telling you to say. Can you build anything with your prophetic? God's showing you everybody and everybody's wrong and everybody's doing. But can, can you be a solution to somebody's problem? It don't take a scientist to discover and label the problems. You get awards for finding solutions, antidotes, remedies. And the prophets started building. But while they were building, one of them lost something. He lost the most valuable thing in his tool. He didn't lose the stick. He lost the axe head. <laughs> Glory be to God. But what did he tell him? The axe head was down in the water. It was a heavy thing, but the prophet said, drop the stick. Some of you, it sounds crazy. You done lost something heavy, and God is requiring the rest of it from you. But God says, what I'm requiring is a light thing in comparison to the heavy thing that's coming back. The Bible says when he dropped the stick, the axe head began to swim. Did you hear what I said? When he dropped the stick, God told me to tell you, if you drop the light thing, something heavy that you lost is going to start swimming back. And the Armenians or the Syrians, depending on which one your text says, in translation you read, same region, they came up against the children of Israel in this book. I got two minutes. Man, I done preached long today. Well, y'all shouted a long time too. The Bible says the Syrians were surround, kept trying to attack the people of Israel. And every time they got ready to attack the people of Israel, the prophet would say, hey, tell King of Syrians are trying to come up by Timberlake. So when they would come and try to sneak up by way of Timberlake, the Israelites will always be right there like, what y'all doing? Y'all good? Y'all good? So they would go back home. The next day, the, 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 the Syrian leader going to say, look, y'all, we coming up this time by Wars Road. Make it plain, Bishop. Make it plain. And then the prophet would say, hey, uh, king, yeah, the Syrians are going to try you again tomorrow. This time they're trying to come up by the Joe Beans, by the airport way, Wars Road. 
And so Syrians come up by Ward's Road, and the Israelites say, hey, y'all good? I mean, standing there, standing. And then the, 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 the leader said, hold on. I know how we're going to get them. We coming up through Rustburg the back way. We coming through the wilderness. We coming through 501. <laughs> Not the Bojangles side, uh, Deacon Field. Not the 29 side. 501. Hmm. Of course, the prophet told the king which way they were coming. And so the the king, the, the, the king of Syria starts saying, hold on, which one of y'all are snitching? Because I'm only telling y'all, it took a maid to say, so she said, actually, neither one of them. What you talking about? Israel got a prophet. Oh, Lord, I'm my shot. Israel got a prophet. Israel got a prophet that know what you're talking about in your bed chambers. And see, some of y'all don't believe that stuff is real, but God, God will expose your whispering. The Bible says what was whispered will be shouted upon the rooftops. See, I grew up in a generation of real prophetic people that didn't have no Facebook, didn't have no Instagram. They would close their eyes and walk around a church service and call out sin. Not calling out blessings, they would call out sin. I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. I see, I see, I see. Come out, come out, come out, come out. Mm, hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. <laughs> I remember once <laughs> the service, Holy Ghost got on Elder Lord. She started prophesying. And the way she started prophesying, we started ducking. You know, certain people prophesy, you be like, oh, yes. Call me out, mister. Call me out. Then a certain flow of prophecy go, you be like, mm, I'm just going to go ahead and fall out in the floor and hope they don't call me out. Hallelujah. The king says, hold on. This is the problem? A prophet? Well, let's get the prophet. Let's go for the source. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know what happened. The next morning, the servant, it might have been Gehazi goes out on the front porch and he looks up and like, oh snap. The enemy, the armies is surrounding the house. And he goes in the room and says, Elisha, we are surrounded by the enemy. Elisha fixing breakfast. And you, know, you really, you gotta, you gotta look at other texts to see Elisha's personality. Because one time, the king even called for Elisha. Naaman called for him. He was like, just tell him to go dip in the water. Because God ain't as bothered about stuff that we are. Something that you're making a big thing, tell your neighbor, it's a light thing. He said, we're surrounded. Elisha said, Lord, huh, open up the eyes of my servant. Hold on. His eyes were open, right? His eyes are open. Some of you are walking around blind. When all you do is count your bills and never count your money, count your problems and never count your blessing, your perception is under attack. All you do is see what's going wrong and you never see what's going right. 
I need you to encourage somebody to tell them there's more working for you than working against you. Open up the eyes of my servant that he can see that there are more with us than against us. And when he went out, he looked up. The enemy was still there. Oh, the enemy hadn't changed his position. But he looked up. Above the enemy was an angelic force. Arrows drawn. Ready to fight on their behalf. I want you to look up and see. The God of angel armies. Standing above your opposition and your adversary. Arrows pulled back. Ready to be released. To fight on your behalf. While you're frantic. While you're nervous. God said I got you covered. And if God be for us. If God be for us. Who? Who can... Who can be against us? Will you encourage somebody to tell them God is fighting for you? God is, God is fighting. Will you lift your hands in this place and worship the Lord? Your perception has been under attack. God told me to tell you to look again. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We pray something was said to encourage you to keep going. Make sure that you share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. And whatever you do, keep going.